You're listening to the MoneyWeb Now podcast series with Simon Brown. Live streamed every weekday at 6.30 a.m. It's Tuesday, 14 February. U.S. inflation due 3.30 our time expected. 6.2%. It's an important number. I'm Simon Brown coming at you live and loud from the MoneyWeb studios in Houghton, Johannesburg. On the show today, chatting with uh, Carmen Mepawani from Sunlam Investments. It's a towel results and then a tax selling uh, about 30% of their subsidiary for about 2.5 billion ZAR, which is about half their market cap. I mean, it's the market mispriced this one. Craig Ivey from uh, Future Growth on the latest listed credit report from them. Mary uh, Bomela from uh, Mine Workers Investment Company, South African business saving grace in these murky times. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. Morning headlines from MoneyWeb. FSCA officially shuts down Czar X uh, after being under suspension for non-compliance with FMA regulations since August 2021. That hammer fell yesterday. Czar X is closed. Business Day, SA likely to suffer technical recession in 2023, says ABSA. Uh, ABSA economist expects the effects of power cuts in the economy to weigh on tax collections. Technical recession, of course, two consecutive quarters, negative GDP. Money markets, US was green, up 1.1 on the S&P and 1.6% on the NASDAQ. Asia's green, with Sydney up 0.2% and Tokyo up two-thirds of a percent. Commodities mostly green. Uh, gold slipped at 1,867. Uh, Brent, 85.97. Platinum, 9.59. Palladium, 1,553. Rand, 17.88. That doesn't tell the story. As Mateta Talari said yesterday, we went through 18. We got to 18.09 before settling back. Bitcoin, 21,700. 10 cent is off a percent in the Hong Kong lunch break. And top 40 opening call, green, 110 points up or 0.15%. MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast. Chilling number three. Chatting now with Carmen Meporani, Portfolio Manager, Sunlam Investments. Carmen, appreciate the early morning. It's a tell results out yesterday. My sense is pretty much as expected. I mean, they talk around uh, uh, margin pressure because of an increasing input costs. Um, and, and I imagine just other things such as, you know, uh, ESCOM and, and diesel and the like. And of course, consumer under pressure is, as we, we, we struggle out there under high inflation and, and uh, 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 interest rates. I mean, is there opportunity? There was a stock perhaps just best left for watching right now. Yeah, it is a very, very tough environment. Um, and I think exactly like you said, right, the consumer's under pressure. We've seen the home improvement retail numbers over the last few months and quarters that have just been kind of depressed. Um, and to adding on to that, as you've mentioned, you know, load shedding is definitely going to be a key theme, I think, for most industries, mm. but specifically for Italtown and their manufacturing business. So the on and off um, or the, the interruption of power has led to them being inefficient in their plant. So I think that was one of the key issues that they've had. Um, so not operating at probably optimal utilization, um, capacity utilization. So that's been a key thing for them. And as you've, as you've asked, um, you know, mm-hmm. is this an opportunity? I think at this point, if you are looking to get into the space that is reliant on a consumer, I suppose most spaces are reliant on a consumer, uh, but looking at and adding on to that the load shedding, 
Um, it's going to have to factor those numbers in. We've yeah. seen big, big numbers come out of retailers, you know, uh, pick and pay, saying 60 million a month in terms of what they're having to fork out. So it's it's tough. Um, I, yeah, I don't even know how to find a silver lining here. <laughs> no, I don't either. I mean, you know, if we take the headline earnings and double it, they're on a, a sub 10 PE. But my sense is that a sub 10 PE just uh, belies not necessarily a valuation. It actually just belies a, a, a toughness out there. Let's switch to attack then. They, they announced that they're selling, uh, uh, what, 30% of, of essentially their waterfall precinct uh, to the government employee uh, pension fund for, what, 2.5 billion and then a 300 uh, 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 million loan. Uh, what struck me was the, the business had market cap of only a little over what maybe five and a half billion. He has a stock that that just on those numbers again seems to offer value. You know it does. Um, as we well know, property's taken a significant knock um, and attack in this transaction. In my opinion, as diamonds probably one of the the key things, which is to reduce pressure on mm. the balance sheet. So the gearing level is coming down quite nicely on the back of this transaction. And that gives them the freedom to um, further develop at Waterfall. Um, I don't know if you've been there in a while, but it's normally very, very busy. Um, and adding on to that, the, the real estate as well as the office precinct. Um, it looks to be that this, as you've mentioned, you know, it's quite significant compared to the market cap. But the more important thing is yeah, it gives them breathing space in terms of development. Yeah, and I take I, I go out there to do my driver's license recently, and it is always <laughs> always packed. And I'm not even going into more of Africa; I'm going the other way. But it is busy. And your your point around the gearing, twenty four percent. I mean, that is proper low gearing. We'll leave it there. Kamal Mepawani, portfolio manager at Sunlam Investments, and I poll today around those Etatau results. And I suppose you know they make the point that activity in home renovation continues to decline from the peak experienced during the pandemic, aside from all of their other challenges that they have. The question to you, are, st- are you still doing any DIY at home? Have your vote, have your say, LinkedIn and Twitter. Hear that? Nothing. Your money can do more when it blocks out the noise, as hard as it is these days. When you invest in the Standler Balanced Cautious Fund, we manage the risks so that you can see stable inflation-beating returns through market cycles. Invest with more certainty at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib is an authorized financial services provider and a registered manager. MoneyWeb now on the money. Checking now with uh, Craig Avi, investment analyst at Future Growth. Uh, their listed credit market, the quarterly update for uh, end of 2022. Craig, appreciate the early morning as always. The, the key thing that struck me uh, and which you put right up at top in the report is that we're still a little below in terms of total issuances, below the, the pre-pandemic numbers. Is this due to, in your sense, a lack of appetite or, or perhaps, and certainly we've seen it on a lot of listed companies, the balance sheets are just stronger, so perhaps maybe the need is a little bit reduced. Uh, good morning, Simon. It's good to be back. Um, yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I think what we are seeing is that obviously some of the counters were a lot stronger during COVID, especially the REIT sector. Mm-hmm. So they are slowly coming back. Corporates seem to be slowly coming back into the market. Um, the effects of COVID, I think, have put the SOEs off a little bit, so they haven't really come back to the market. But we are expecting that there should be a little bit more issuance on the corporate side coming through in 2023, as well as some of your more well-known SOEs, I suppose, the better performing SOEs coming back to the market this year. So I think the demand is there, 
from from the from the institutional side, the investor side. I think it's corporate slowly coming back. Okay, and, and a bunch of questions come from from that. I mean, the bank's major issue is that that pretty much par for the course. You mentioned REITs. I mean, both Highprop and uh, Equitas both came to to, to market uh, for for the REIT sector, and, and and successfully so. I mean, certainly there there was appetite. I mean, it's only two, but it it, it is two, and there was appetite for it. Yeah, I think for for the for the REIT sector, the during the quarter it was uninvestable, but for the year, I think there was quite a bit of REITs that came through. So looking at Fortress, um, Growth Point, Highprop, Equitas. Um, the REITs were pretty active, even though it wasn't, I think, at, at uh, 2019 level. But we are starting to see a little bit more uh, uh, demand for them as well, or them coming back into the market. And you mentioned SOEs. I mean, and, and you also mentioned, you know, the, the, the better quality SOEs. I, mean, I know Transnet just did an issue, but of course that, that, that's this year, so it doesn't fall into, in, into this report. But, I mean, for example, Airport Company, I mean, you know, they had a, 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 over two times oversubscription on, 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 on their debt. They're, when we think SOEs, we always just think doom and gloom. It's not necessarily always the case. And certainly capital markets are, are prepared to loan. Yeah, exactly. I think it's uh, it's really investment. and it comes down to name-specific. It's extremely name-specific. I mean, I think it's been recently reported the um, some of the SOEs, the implicit support that, that is being given to, mm. to some of them, but there are better performing ones. I mean, the DBSA also coming back last year, we're expecting them to come through, or they just came through in January as well. They should have a good year, 2023. We're expecting IDC to come through in uh, 2023 as well. Um, Airports Company South Africa actually doing a pretty well-supported auction as well. I think they tapped uh, a, a longer-term note in, in December as well. So, you know, there is there is appetite for some of these issues in the market. I, I was I was reading some of your early reports, sort of late 2021. Uh, uh, in, in fact, I think fourth quarter 2021, and you made the point that it was a, a lot of sort of skewed to the to the short end. Are, are, are we still seeing a, a lot of sort of you know shorter uh, duration coming through? Um, to some extent, but I also think based on the stronger balance sheets on the on the on the corporate side, we're seeing a lot of demand for your longer term instruments coming mm-hmm. through. And if I can give an example, uh, some of the counters have much stronger balance sheets and are and are pricing a lot higher than where they were in 2019, or not as high anymore. Mm-hmm. But um, so you, you're looking at a company that's good quality, stronger balance sheet than what it was in 2019, of pricing at slightly higher levels than what they were. So you can see that that would automatically attract a lot of investors. We're also seeing um, from the higher rated side, the banks coming in and taking up a lot of that paper for their HQLA and liquidity purposes. Um, so I think that shift is maybe moving slightly more to, depending on the credit again, mm-hmm. uh, the higher end of the, uh, the, the longer tenor. I, I get your point, and 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 we've been talking here. I mean, mostly we're talking the primary market, which is the issuances and the like. Secondary market. I mean, is, is it a a very robust? Is it is it a, a picking up attraction in terms of the secondary market? Um, we, Simon, I mean, you know, it, 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 the liquidity in our market is is it's not not amazing, but we mm. do see trades coming through. Um, mostly it's largely of it's largely your your higher rated counters coming through again, and then obviously banks. Uh, coming through. We do often see a lot of bank capital instruments trading, and I think that is off the back of the extreme demand that we saw for the um, additional tier one paper last year. So a lot of capital bank instruments trades, seniors, um, a lot of DBSA trades as well, um, just again goes to show it's a higher rated counter, mm. um, but it's mostly trading that you see in the in your high 
high-quality um, high assets, I would say. Almost a, a, a buy-and-hold type of market, which is, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that, and particularly if I'm the buyer and I've got a nice yield and my, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the, the, the credit rating, is, is up, up, you know, I, I buy the paper, I get my coupon, and, 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 and then I get my, my, my capital back at the end of term. Yeah, I mean, exactly that. And also, I think, um, I mean, there's, there's a couple of counters where there's a lot of paper being issued, but there are some that only issue around a billion a year. Mm. And if you think about three or five, three or four or five bidders that are bidding for that and getting allocated that, not a lot of the trading room um, to, 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 to maneuver. So, yeah, it really is more or less a buy and hold scenario, but, but it is improving. I think there, 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 there's a little bit more appetite to trade into the market for price discovery. And I think as the years go on, it's just getting a little bit better each and every year. Yeah, no, I take your point on that. Uh, a last question, and, and it, it really, really jumped out at me. I was scrolling down, and there's the one graph, which is almost no activity, and then it picked up uh, uh, in 21 and significantly in 22. And, and, and that is the, the green social and sustainable linked issuances, um, particularly green. And, and truthfully, that, I mean, that's really good to see. I mean, that, that market uh, was big in 21, really big in 22, but it is well ahead of pre-pandemic. Yeah, um, and, and I, I think with our current uh, electricity issues, we could most likely see more green bonds, more sustainability mm. bonds coming through this year. Um, I do expect it to continue. I do think it was largely the banks and mm-hmm. also the REITs coming through. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a little bit more issuance of that uh, through the middle of this year. We'll leave it there. Uh, Craig Ivey, Investment Analyst at Future Growth, talking the listed credit market for uh, the quarter ending 2022. Craig, appreciate the early morning insight. If seagulls were hard ours, who could afford to retire to the coast, what kind of bird would you be? Would you soar over the savannah or chase summer around the globe? You see, even when you stop working, your money won't. When you invest in Stanlib's fixed income funds, you can retire earning a regular income off your investments. Invest for more certainty at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib is an authorized financial services provider and a registered manager. MoneyWeb now on the money. Chatting with uh, Mary Bermela, Chief Executive Officer, Mineworkers Investment Company. Mary, I appreciate the early morning time. Uh, it was last week at the mining in Darbham, and the president uh, called on business in South Africa to stop moaning. And and there was a lot of pushback, uh, certainly on 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 the the sort of the the social medias and the like. But even from some business. But you make the point that actually business really can make a difference in in social issues, and and is an important an important player in, 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 in the broader uh, uh, country. Good morning, Simon. Thanks for having me. I fully agree with you. Um, I think that um, you know we can't deny the fact that our country is going through a lot of challenges and there is a lot that's not going right. But, you know, we can't stand aside and just moan. It's important for business to be part of a bigger solution. Um, we, we can choose either to you know sit by the wayside and um, complain, mm-hmm. or we can choose to be part of the solution. And I think it's time business stands up, uh, both small and big business have a voice and make sure that, you know, we drive this country and um, see a successful future for everybody. And, and we've seen this before. I mean, this goes back you know, to the, to the late 90s with the Treatment Action Campaign, which yeah. was, I mean, it, it was a huge, huge deal and, and, and it did work. And, and, and that was, I mean, that was, you know, the, 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 the NGO space more than anything, but, but mm. supported by a business. And that has fundamentally changed the country for the better by, by a huge mm. way. Mm. 
Mm. I mean, businesses have got, uh, sometimes I think as business we become complacent because we feel like we don't have a voice as individual businesses. Mm. But there's a lot of organizations and associations where I think a collective voice makes a huge difference. So it's uh, a calling for businesses to make sure that they join organizations and associations and form a bigger voice so that they can be heard. I think as business we can influence um, where policy goes in this country and regulatory changes. And therefore, you know, instead of trying to fight this voice on your own, it's important that we form uh, a bigger voice collectively. And as you pointed out, there's also NGOs that are doing fantastic work and um, in lobbying government and making sure that legislation is changed for the better. And the private sector can definitely play a role in supporting these organizations and making sure that that we have the positive impact that we all want to see. Yeah, and I like that. It's that collective voice. Because I think, you know, when, when the presidency has stopped moaning business, maybe some business feels a little nervous to sort of st- stand up, but collectively, I think, important, and, 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 and not always as business, sometimes through through NGOs and the like. The, 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 yeah. the other point that you really made that I, that I really liked was the knowledge of, of, of retired executives and, and, and using that. And, and, and this isn't a South African phenomenon. This happens globally. Executives with huge amount of skills and knowledge and, and, and contacts and the like sort of step down and are, are, are lost to the to the broader economy. And yes, we've had examples, Mark Barnes going to the post office, for example, but yeah. genuinely we, we seem to lose them. They seem to disappear off to their to their to their to, to their retirement, which is which is a tragic loss to the country. True. I mean the biggest gripe at the moment for most business is just the lack of skills in this country. Mm. And we see a lot of skills migrating from South Africa to other countries. So we do have a bit of a, a skills drainage um, at this stage. And, you know, with the, a gap in our education system, there is a big challenge in terms of where the skill set is at. So this is where our retirees come in. We're really, it's about coming into the, to the, back into the private sector and helping to fill the gap, but also fast-tracking the training of the young people that are in the system to make sure that we can fill the skills gap. Because without the required skills, then business does struggle. So it's, all, it's in our interest uh, to make sure that, you know, we can enhance these skills. And our retirees definitely have a wealth of skills and experience. And sometimes, you know, you can't um, really um, substitute experience for anything. You might have the qualification, but experience makes all the, mm. the difference. And that's where really our retirees come in to help the youngsters to fill that gap of experience and make sure that we can fast-track their development. Yeah, and, and it, it is, it's those decades of experience which is so important. Yeah. A last question yeah. is, is is helping out the smaller businesses and, and, and that's, I mean, there's many ways that can happen and, and to your point around the skills gap, a lot of those small businesses are going to be potentially employing more people, younger folks, mm. uh, upskilling mm. and, and that assistance can be, I mean, it's not always necessarily contracts, it could just be paying invoices quickly. Again, it could be that sort of collective voice and, and supporting them that way. But but it is those SMMEs that are, are again, crucial to, to, to the future of our economy. True. Well, as big business uh, well, and, and medium businesses, as size businesses, there is a responsibility to make sure that we support the SMMEs. And one of the ways of doing that, obviously, you know, it's not just through enterprise development, but it's mm. also making sure that they become core part of our supply chains. And, you know, we need to cut this cake into a smaller piece. At this stage, it's growing a little bit slow. But having said that, it doesn't mean that it's, you know, one business must take all. 
I think by slicing it up and making sure that we support as many small businesses as possible um, while giving big business a chance as well, that we can then spread um, the the skills and also the, the growth of the economy because rightly so, SMEs other guys that are now providing employment yeah. and, and that's where we're going to see growth. But also, I think to your point, um, around development of skills, that's where also the mentoring comes in. Mm. You know, um, as the MIC, we've recently formed what we call Kulisan Ventures, where it was established two years ago to support startups and uh, small businesses so that we can stimulate the local economies. But one of our findings has been that it's not just about the capital that the businesses require. We find access to market is a challenge, but also the skills um, that they require because running a business is not just about the product or the sales. There's also, you know, the HR issues, the marketing, the finance, which small businesses do struggle with. And that's where even our retired uh, members of the society can come in to help and mentor our SMEs to make sure that they become successful. Yeah, that's a great point. You, you start a business because you're brilliant at something. Suddenly you've yeah. got to do all these other bits and pieces, which are just simply not your skill set, um, and, and support there is very useful. We'll leave it there, uh, Mary Bamela. She's CEO of Mineworkers Investment Company. Appreciate the early morning. That's it for today. Yesterday, I was chatting with uh, Ian Nelson. He's a CEO of soon-to-be-listed Copper 360. Around their operations, increasing demand for copper, and ultimately that listing. We asked if it was one that interested you. Two-thirds of you said absolutely. Copper is the future. Rest evenly split between uh, no commodities for you, or perhaps you prefer the ETN. A bunch were asking, what else copper options do we have in our market? Well, you've got the ETN, Anglo-American, obviously. Uh, copper is just a part of it. Uh, Orion Minerals, but they're still in uh, startup phase they have a way to go Twitter and LinkedIn have your vote have your say this show is brought to you by Stanlib visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider we're live every weekday morning the Money Web website in the app 6.30am podcast just after 7 thanks to my team Eddie Nobohle Nicole to you for listening my guests for their early morning my name is Simon Brown this is Money Web Now we'll chat again tomorrow you've been listening to another Money Web Now podcast posted every weekday at 7am on moneyweb.co.za Money Web Now on the money